I feel like we just did morning announcements, you know, like in elementary school, and then it would just like ding, and then someone would come over the good morning, CVU. <laughs> this is your class president. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's that. Well, uh, hi guys, it's two girls, one ghost, two girls, one ghost, and we are your ghostesses. My name is Corinne, and I'm Sabrina, and this is another episode of. Spooky tales that you guys sent us. This is an encounters episode, but Mm -hmm. normally on these episodes, we don't do much of an intro. We kind of just try to speed right into all of the spooky tales because that's what people come here for. And as much as we enjoy talking about ghost stories and as much as, you know, sometimes we head to podcasts to get a little bit of relief from the outside world and just have a moment to decompress we can't do that at this moment because there's something very serious happening in the world and yeah. we need to address it. It's hard to find the words to talk about this because it's so emotional and our hearts are so heavy. Yeah. And the thing about this, which is, I mean, anyone who has a phone and isn't living off the grid knows that racism is a huge issue. And mm-hmm. especially right now in America, it is unbelievable everything that has been happening for decades. Well, we didn't figure it out 400 years ago. And then also when all of this happened four years ago, why didn't we figure it out then? Yeah. We can ask all these questions, but we are where we are. And it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it should be uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And the silence is the worst thing. So we believe that it needs to be discussed. And there's only so much Sabrina and I can say, too, because the thing about podcasts is it's a one sided conversation. We're talking into a microphone and there's no one to talk back to us. Yeah. And I am not black and I'm not black in America. Sabrina's not black and she's not black in America. Yeah. And so it's impossible as much as we sympathize with others, we'll never be able to fully comprehend what everyone right. is going through that are people of color that have been oppressed, that have been silenced, mm-hmm. that have been victims of systemic racism and their grandfathers and their grandfathers' grandfathers have been. Mm-hmm. And so we're at a point where we want everyone to know that we stand by you and we hear yeah. you and we're okay with feeling uncomfortable because yeah. we want to learn. We're probably going to make mistakes with some of the things that we say, yeah. but we hope that that only makes us a better ally in the future. Yeah, And our community on Facebook already has been super vocal and super active. And we're going to be very consciously making steps to being an ally and, and improving our community and doing as much as we possibly can for everyone. Yeah, I think it's extremely important right now to have empathy. And we posted on our podcast group about how how amazing the community has been in many instances. And I think this is another instance where we all need to come together and we can all be there mm-hmm. for each other, share ideas, share ways to help and move our society forward. Yeah. And just remember that this is a learning moment for a lot of people. A lot of people have never dealt with this in their lifetime and they've never been in a position where they've had a voice or felt comfortable voicing their opinions. So please leave space for everybody to support and leave space for people to become more educated. Leave space for people to find ways in their community to 
help one another out without taking away anyone else's voice or speaking for someone. We don't want to ever speak for someone else's experience because it's theirs. It's not ours. It's not ours. Yeah. But we stand with you. We love you. We love you. Yeah. And we're sending ghost. (laughs) Ghost will stand by with you. If you get a little chill right now, that's the ghost giving you a little hug and a little kiss on the cheek. How kind, ghost. Very well said, Corinne. Thank you for doing that. Well, thank you, Sabrina. You are a part of this as well. Okay. Well, we do have spooky tales. This is an encounters episode. Mm-hmm. And so we have combed through our email inbox. We still have emails from 2018 is when we first started accepting emails. Uh, no, 2017, Corinne. 2017. I just want to remind everyone that it does not matter if you emailed us three years ago or if you emailed us this morning. We basically read emails from every single timeline that there is. So if you haven't heard your story yet and you're like, oh man, I... It could be from another parallel universe. We'll still read it. (laughs) I have multiple that are from 2018 right now in my folder. So... Search keywords. I'm like, Ouija board? Who sent me a Ouija board story? Not surprising, but I look up (laughs) aliens and Bigfoot every single episode. I'm like, demons, something crawling on ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Just nightmare inducing. Good Lord. Uh, All right. Well, should you start? Do you want to start? I can start. Yeah, sure. Why don't I? All right. This is called I'm the Worst Stepmother. And it was sent from our listener, Kat. (laughs) I just already feel like she is pranking her daughter or something (laughs) or feeding her to the ghosts. Oh, also, sorry, diverging from this story for one second. I live in a haunted house. And yet the scariest thing that has ever happened to me in this house was my mother two days ago, two nights ago thought that I left my candle on or feared that I left a candle on in my room. And she was up all night. And at 3.30 (laughs) a.m., she decided, I can't rest. I have to check on it. I will hate myself forever if Corinne burns herself down in her room and I could have checked. So this woman creeps on over. Mind you, she's uh, probably 40 pounds. She blows over in the wind. So you can't hear her when she's coming. She floats. And so she... I'm a light sleeper, and at 3.30 in the morning, I hear the door creak. First of all, didn't even ever notice at any point in my life that my door creaks, but somehow it does, or it did in this moment. At 3.30 in the morning, it does. It creaked, and it went all the way open, and I'm waiting for a few moments with my eyes closed, and I'm like, is this a ghost? Is this an intruder? Do I still pretend to be asleep if it is an intruder? Will that stop them from murdering me? And so then I just slowly turn my head and then slowly open my eyes. And this woman in her nightgown is just standing in my doorway, staring at me. And all I said was, why? Why are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Still not knowing it was your mom? No, I did. But I was like, why? (laughs) As soon as I saw her. But yeah, she said she didn't know how to act. And I was like, well, the number one rule for sneaking up on people at 3.30 a.m. and not wanting to frighten them is you you speak, you know, you announce yourself. You open the door, you announce yourself. When you see me moving to look at you, you have all that time to say, hello, it is your mother. To be fair, I think that still would have startled you because it's 3.30 in the morning, you're deep asleep. Probably. Anyway. Okay, so this is from Kat. It's called I'm the Worst Stepmother. Hi, ladies. I just started to listen to your podcast about a week ago. I love it. Thanks for making a space where we are free to talk about ghosts and such without any sad eye going on. I just finished episode 18 and 
Oh, I looked at the timestamp because I was like, was this years ago? But she's new. She's a new listener. She's a newbie. This was recent. Welcome, Kat. Welcome. I just finished episode 18 and have already laughed, cried, and gotten so many chills. It's great. Because of that, I thought I could share some stories my stepdaughter and I never get sick of talking about. We'll call my stepdaughter Sarah just so I don't embarrass her with my mom antics. Mm -hmm. Sarah's dad and I bought our first house when Sarah was about seven. He and I first looked at the house and were told that one of the owners had passed away and the other was in a nursing home. It was nighttime and we did our first look at the house and I just got the creeps. But I just chalked it up to being in someone else's home at night when they weren't there. So we decided to buy the house and our second visit was during the day and we were also having the home inspection done. I'm walking through the house. Everything felt fine except the master bedroom. Later, we somehow all ended up in the master bedroom when the inspector was giving up the details of what he had found. I made a comment to my husband that I couldn't sleep in the master bedroom. No freaking way. As he and the inspector had a good laugh, the window shade that was down flew up and off the window landing on the floor. <gasps> now you know that was all the sign I needed. We took a different room when we moved in and we gave my stepdaughter the master. <laughs> oh my gosh. She did feed her to the ghost. Yeah, you're right. Now I know what you're thinking, but I really thought I was overreacting <laughs> And really, there was nothing wrong with the room. So the morning after Sarah's first night sleeping in the house, I asked her how she slept. She said fine, except for the lady holding a baby that was standing in her door all night. Oh my WTF. Another morning, she told me about being kept awake because someone was walking up and down the hall all night. Oh my gosh. I needed to do something. I told her that the lady that had lived here before us was named Grandma Armstrong and just to let her know that she was scaring her and to please stop. That seemed to work for a long time without Sarah being scared at night. But I tell you, that didn't stop stuff from happening. Lights would click off when you were sitting in the room. I watched a spoon fly off of the stove and land about 10 feet away. The answering machine would go off like someone had called, but the phone wouldn't ring. The microwave would turn on by itself. I hated that house. And if, for some reason, I had to go into Sarah's room alone... It was that same feeling you get when coming up the basement stairs. There was someone chasing me out. Ooh. Sarah's dad and I divorced when she was 18. They stayed in the house and I happily moved out. Sarah and I are still very close. She has since moved out but had many stories to add to mine. My ex is still in the house. If he ever experienced anything, he kept it to himself. But Sarah and I are so very thankful to be out. <laughs> I could go on and on about that house, but this is probably long enough. Thanks for listening and keep up the good work on the podcast, Kat. Honestly, Kat, probably would have done the same thing with the master bedroom. Giving it to Sarah sounds like the smart thing to have done. I know. You're like, here, child, I love you so much. I'm giving you the biggest room in the house <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> and as a kid, you probably love that. You're like, oh my gosh, so much room for play. So, yes. And then casually, first night, you're falling asleep and then there's a woman holding a baby in the door. And I love how, I mean... And this is my interpretation of the next morning, but Kat being like, so Sarah, how'd you sleep? And Sarah just being like, really well, bite of cereal. Just there was a woman standing in the doorway holding a baby, like so casually. It seems like Sarah was so nonchalant. Her seven-year-old self was like, yeah, there's some woman that stares at me all night, but otherwise pretty good. <laughs> I like the big room. <laughs> I wonder what else has happened to Sarah as she grew up too, because- Ooh. Oftentimes we we hear that younger kids will see stuff and then as they mm -hmm. grow up, they stop seeing stuff. But it sounds like it didn't matter your age in this house. It was very 
present. It's a haunted house. It was a haunted house, yeah. And it sounds like the ghosts are beyond just related to the death in the house. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we don't know. We only know that one of the members of the house had passed away in the home, but we don't know anything about that person or about the residents that possibly came before if the Mm -hmm. house had been built prior to to them. But also it doesn't matter because like I've said a million times, my house was haunted and we built it. And we know the people whose family owned the land for generations. It was farmland. I just wonder who this woman is holding a baby. Is it residual? Yeah. And then is the baby really an active ghost or is it somehow like, I don't know, I'm, I'm picturing it kind of like what you were saying, residual, where it's just like the image or like a memory. So like the baby isn't actively a ghost. It's just like, for lack of a better word, an accessory to this ghost's haunting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. What do you have? Okay. This is from PJ. She sent us an email a while ago and then she says, so this is my second email regarding something completely different, but it literally just happened. So I had to send it in. You're welcome to read it if you want. So two nights ago, my boyfriend, who I might add is a complete skeptic and thinks there's logical explanations for everything paranormal. He and I were sleeping in my bedroom at my house. It would have been roughly 4.50 a.m. and I feel him roll over and start to spoon me, to which he whispers in my ear, baby, I think I just had sleep paralysis. Now, before I go on, I experience sleep paralysis constantly, and he never makes me feel stupid or discredits me, but deep down, he thought it was bullshit. Until this night, when he rolls over and whispered into my ear, and me being 98% asleep, my eyes shot open so fast, and I cuddled back into him, scared in the dark, and said, wait, what? Explain. Before I go into details of what happened, let me explain the layout of my house. Pretty much I live in a 70s style home with sliding doors instead of normal swing doors. Anyways, he said he woke up to the sound of the sliding door rolling open in the hallway that leads to my room, my brother's room, the bathroom, and the toilet. Next, he heard two people talking, little whispers that grew louder into mumbles that he couldn't make out, but he did decipher the voices. It was us. Oh. Almost like a tethered self. Oh my God, I have full body chills. We were whispering and it grew louder and more abrupt. He then heard a dog barking and those tethered selves were trying to quiet the dog down with a shh, more whispers. As all of this was happening behind my bedroom door in the hallway, before my boyfriend realized what it was, he thought it was an intruder. So he went to tap me and tell me, but he couldn't move. So he started to realize what was happening. The voices quietly grew softer and he closed his eyes to then hear my bedroom door roll open and footsteps walk up to the bed. He opened his eyes to a black apparition of a woman with long hair that covered most of her face and was abnormally tall, leaning over the bed, hunched into his face, staring at him. He closed his eyes and opened them and she was gone. And finally, he was able to move, which leads us to the part where he rolled over and told me that he thinks he experienced sleep paralysis. By the way, this lasted roughly 20 seconds, he said. Now, his second sleep paralysis experience was a month later. Here we go. Currently, we're house-sitting for my boss. She lives in a pretty old home with half of the house being original and the other half renovated. So we're sleeping in the lounge room on the floor on a mattress for the duration of the homestay. We are parked right in front of the TV and behind us is the couch, kitchen, and two doors. One swinging door leads to the other original part of the house and the other directly behind us, which is a sliding door, leads to the back door, bathroom, and laundry. This house is haunted. So we were told. 
So already, me being the person I am, was excited, but also scared at the same time. My boyfriend kind of shrugged it off because, well, he don't care. Anyways, the first night was awful for us in regards to sleep. We constantly woke up and couldn't get a peaceful night's sleep whatsoever. But the second night is where it gets spooky. It was 4 a.m. and my boyfriend starts mumbling, I just had sleep paralysis again. So of course, I didn't go back to sleep that night. And here's what happened. He said he woke up to the sliding door behind us fly open very slowly and creakily. Creak. Just like your door, Corinne. (laughs) He instantly thought it was an intruder due to the fact that we were staying in a different home and we don't know the area, etc. He panicked Mm -hmm. and went to roll over and tell me, but again, could not move. He knew what was happening again. After hearing the door slide open, he heard shuffling feet huddle over the room to our bed on the floor and crunched down, and then this person started to whisper in his ear. He wasn't able to make out what they were saying, but all while this was happening, he was hearing a dog right beside his ear growling. He later told me it lasted about 12 seconds, but felt like much longer. Thanks for reading. Hope you enjoyed. Stay spooky and see you on the other side. PJ. Gosh, this seems demonic, doesn't it? The growling? Definitely. Well, even... So, I understand... The suspected sleep paralysis, and it totally sounds like old hag syndrome, especially with, Mm -hmm. you know, if you know about sleep paralysis or have heard about it, it's possible that maybe you would envision this crouching woman on you or near you. But the other part is like, is the crouching woman a part of this story? Because before it even became a thing, everyone was saying the same thing because it's paranormal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It could be disguised as as a sleep paralysis or... I mean, sleep paralysis doesn't mean that it's just a benign paranormal experience. It could be kind of like, I'm thinking of one of my favorite scary movies, Insidious, where essentially like when you leave your soul or, oh my gosh, when your soul leaves your body, other spirits are able to. Right. And we've talked about too how when some people experience paranormal things, they just do become paralyzed. It's not necessarily sleep paralysis because Mm -hmm. he seems completely aware of all of this. Oh, I just have so many. I, I just got chills again thinking about hearing their voices speak. Very doppelgangery and terrifying. And I don't know. There's something also about the dog, the mm-hmm. growling. But OK, so in the first story, the dog was barking kind of at the mimics of he and PJ. So like it felt like a protective being. But then in mm-hmm. the second story, It's growling in his ear, which seems very ominous and threatening. Right. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because I don't trust any paranormal being in the story. (laughs) (laughs) I guess for PJ, the one silver lining is that now he believes your sleep paralysis because he, too, has experienced it. Yes, that's true. (laughs) That's true. One silver lining to... An otherwise pretty dang (laughs) scary situation. Yes. Good Lord. All right. What do you have? Okay. (laughs) We're going to have to ask this listener if we can potentially post the video she sent. Because this is called Creepy Short Home Video from Samantha. Oh my gosh. Okay. Can't wait. I can't wait to watch. Hello. My name is Samantha and my brother introduced me to your gal's podcast. Daniel and I are huge fans. Anyway, I have so many experiences with spirits and ghosts that I have to email again another day. So the other day, I was at home with my daughter and myself. My boyfriend was upstairs sleeping, and I live in a townhouse-type setting, so I have stairs that do that wraparound thingy. (laughs) 
I don't know what it's called either. <laughs> Circular stairs. The spiral ones? Yes, spiral staircase. You got yes. it, Sabrina. Five points for Slytherin. Ah, I'm a Hufflepuff and you know that. <laughs> I know, but I was just thinking of your boyfriend, Malfoy. <laughs> I got mixed up. The two of you are inseparable. No, he's my we and I, now no one's, no one's going to know who I'm talking about when I say we. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. My daughter has a rubber donkey that she likes to jump around the living room with, and it's always downstairs in the living room. My daughter, who is two years old, and I were up in her room using her activity table. And I noticed that my child was smelling a little ripe, so I was headed downstairs to grab her diapers and wipes. I got to the first step on my way down the stairs, and I look in the mirror that is in the middle of the stairs, and you can see down the bottom of the stairs. And here was the rubber donkey on the first step of the bottom stair looking up into the mirror staring at me. What? I made eye contact with the donkey and I stopped for a moment. I ran back to my daughter's room, three steps, and grabbed my phone. And that's when I recorded this video. Don't mind the language. The video is me zooming in on the mirror to focus on the donkey. Nothing creepy at all. But then my brother comes over and mentions the face and that's when I had to rewatch it to make sure, and sure as shit, there was a head and a shoulder staring into the mirror up at me. <gasps> oh my god. My brother, the day before, had mentioned that he didn't believe in ghosts and still thinks that in this video it's just a finger smudge or something. So my brother did a retake of the video, and it was not there. So maybe you two can figure this one out. See you on the other side. Oh my gosh. Wait, I love that we're being called to action to solve a ghost mystery. I watched the video probably four times already. Okay, I'm going to watch. Yeah, you watch. <gasps> oh, it's like peeking out? Yeah, it looks like it's peeking around the corner of the staircase. <gasps> which is really creepy. And the thing is, is I watched it so many times and I was like, okay, this could be a situation where there's maybe like a weird smudge or reflection or something. And our brains are trying to recognize an image in this smudge. And so we see a face and shoulders. But it's it's also pretty much looks like someone peeking around the corner. And it kind of so, looks like it moves out a bit. It kind of does look like it's like got a little movement to it. Ooh, oh, it kind of looks like Sirius Black. Well, that made it creepy. I was about to say <laughs> it makes me think that there's either like a adult or like a little kid that enjoys playing with the daughter and probably was like, oh, she's not here to play with me. And so took the took the toy donkey and put it on the step like i'll wait for her for when she comes down and we can play again well that's also weird i f forgot about the donkey part because i was so focused in on this face part mm -hmm. but yes it did the donkey's like much bigger than i thought it was and it's yeah this is a large resting donkey. up on the first step and it's yeah it's pretty big and it's not like one of those toys where maybe you know your kid has a little toy in their hand and they drop and they it drop away it. and you don't notice like <gasps> this is a sturdy sturdy stuffed animal we have to post this. Yeah, we need to ask Samantha if we can. Well, yeah, but Samantha, you have to let us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please. But we have to. <laughs> Scary. Here's a nice call to action for everybody. If you guys have videos or photos, I feel like we haven't seen any in a while. And we love this stuff. And we love posting it on our Instagram. So... And like, I feel like there's so many times where people are like, oh, we had a video, but we deleted it because we were so scared. Just... I just want to see them. Send it to us and then delete it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let us be your trash can. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. That's so good. Okay. How do I even follow that up? Well, we've got a while to go, so. You're right. Okay. 
This is from Carson. And the subject line is, I left my body and something tried to take it. Ooh, this is, this is insidious. Wow, why can't I never say insidious on the first time? Both (laughs) times I've said it so far, I've stuttered. It's a hard word to say. There's a lot of um, vowels. I think because I keep on a... Oh, wow. Never mind. (laughs) Keep talking. (laughs) Words are hard for us. Unless you write them for us, it's hard. (laughs) Even then, we struggle. You guys should see what our poor editor, Max, goes through every single week. These episodes are three hours long, and Max (laughs) makes them an hour and a half. (laughs) We appreciate you, Max. Okay. So this is from Carson. Uh, Okay. Hey, girls. I sent you a couple of stories, but didn't go into super detail with any. And I was listening to your last episode, and you were talking about astral production, and I thought I would give you a whole story. So I used to meditate almost every day for about 30 minutes to an hour and a half. Wow. I've always been sensitive when it comes to spiritual things, mostly with my dreams. And I don't like talking about it because I feel like I sound crazy when I say I have night terrors, hallucinate, dream of the future, and see dead relatives, just to name a few things that I experience. Well, anyway, one night I decided I was going to meditate in my living room and my roommates had left for the night. And so I wanted to set up in a different room. Okay, first, I didn't even think about how I saved my room and it was kind of my sacred place. I've never saged the whole house because I felt like it was grimy. It wasn't actually dirty. The air was just felt heavy. My room never felt that way. And I even had people over and they would always tell me they could feel the difference between the rest of the house and my room. So here I am. I did a card spread, set candles and had my crystals out. And I started to meditate in the living room. When I meditated, I would slowly lift out of my body and go up like I was on a little elevator. I could look down and see my body still there, eyes closed and meditating slowly. And I passed through different planes. It's really hard to explain, but that's basically it. And I would visit this spot where it looked like I was in a garden and walk around and be visited by somebody. I don't know who it was and I never looked more into it because after this night, I never meditated again. So I'm walking around and probably an hour into it when I walk back to the spot where I slowly descend back to my body, all of a sudden, the thing I was with pushes me down and I slam back into my body. Usually it would take me about 10 minutes to return, but this was hard and I fell forward and started to feel upset because I had never been rejected before. Then all of my hair stood straight up and I looked out the door that leads to our hallway and it was open and something was leaning out from behind it. It looked like a really tall, dark figure with long fingers. I wouldn't say a person because it definitely was not a person. I looked straight at it. And with a loud voice, I told it to get out of my house. You are not wanted here. And then I slumped back and started bawling. I felt like the voice that came out of me wasn't even mine. I took my stuff and ran into my room. I looked and saw that all the tips to my crystals had been broken. To say the least, I was freaked out. Whoever I was visiting saved my life that day. I don't know what the dark figure wanted, but it probably wasn't any good. I feel even more dumb that I had just read my cards and one of the many crazy things she told me was to be careful when meditating. That was all that she had said, but I didn't realize that I was astral projecting till later. To me, that's how I always meditated. It wasn't something that I had to teach myself. I had also previously visited other places besides the garden. Once I was in space and an ocean all at once. I know it sounds weird, but it was really trippy. The apartment had a lot going on and I think my roommate's boyfriend brought a lot of it with him. I have many stories from there and some when I was a creepy kid. I love listening to you guys and hearing that many people have had similar experiences. I even started talking to people about mine more. Oh, that's great. I have a friend who 
astral projected and had something chase her back to her body. Oh gosh, no! Sorry for the long story. Thanks, you guys. See you on the other side, Carson. You know, in the earlier story, I think it was in Samantha's story that she had referenced Mm -hmm. the feeling of being chased up the basement stairs. And in that moment, I was like, yeah, that's a terrifying paranormal encounter. But to be chased in your astral body state and potentially never be returned back to your body, that's way worse. Yes. To never return? Terrifying. And never return. And this actually reminded me of, do you remember that TV show, Touched by an Angel? I remember it, but I've never seen it. Oh, I loved it. (laughs) I watched it all the time when I was like five. There was one episode where this little boy was in a coma for probably two or three months, and he was essentially like trapped in the astral plane, kind of like in in Insidious. In Insidious. The the same. The the nicer version. Oh. The the cable TV version. (laughs) But that's what this kind of reminds me of. That's so wild. I can't imagine the amount of people who actively work to be able to astral project The Mm -hmm. amount of books I purchased when I was a teen trying Mm -hmm. to learn how to get in tune with my astral body and control it instead of like sometimes it happening at random. And then Carson over here is thinking she's just meditating and she's doing it. But also similarly, like meditating is hard enough too. But then to realize, oh, I'm not only meditating, I am leaving my body and visiting other planes in this universe. Like that is skill. And I don't blame you for not wanting to do it again after such a terrifying experience. But I feel like because Carson now knows what it is, maybe there are people who can help Carson harness the abilities and then have more control over it. And it also makes me curious about the person that she was walking with in the astral plane that pushed her and essentially saved her from whatever was trying to snatch up her body. I mean, remember when I had that, I'm pretty sure, astral projection experience. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation mm-hmm. with this woman, had never seen her before, just had like a full conversation with her about life, but had no idea who she was. And I wonder if it's very similar for Carson and if in these projections, the, these people that Carson's talking to are just randoms that she's just having conversations with about life or if like there's specific things about them. No, no, you make a good point because... I think it was the last Encounters episode that we had this sort of, or no, it was it was our last episode that one of our listener stories that we read, we were like the Lake Lanier mm-hmm. um, descendant. She oh, yeah. was, she was talking about how people always recognize her. And we were like, do we think that she might potentially be like in other people's dreams or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it makes me curious about this. The person who you were talking to when you were astral projecting and the person who was alongside Carson and pushing her back before she could potentially be possessed or like tethered to this creepy paranormal figure. It makes me wonder, is that a guardian spirit of some sort? Is that a traveling soul with you? Or are these just other people that potentially might be astral projecting or dreaming and not knowing and just kind of like doing stuff and actually Saving Carson, saving you, but having no idea. And then they wake up and they're like, that was weird. Or they stop meditating and they were like, wow, I lost control for a minute. Right. Also, if Carson was pushed, maybe the person that Carson was talking to wasn't necessarily the person that pushed Carson, but maybe there was like another entity or like some spirit guardian that was like, you're in danger and push Carson. Wow. Oh, wow. Ooh, so many chills. At least there was someone watching. There was someone watching. And then we need the name of that tarot card reader because clearly that was an accurate reading. Also, Carson, thank you for sending the story. 
And thank you universe for making me read it right now because my coworker texted me a few weeks ago and was like, or last week and was like, I have to tell you about the crazy shit that's been happening to me. She started meditating while we've been on hiatus and I haven't gotten the story yet because I forgot to follow up. Oh, and you have to. so now thank you. I just texted her and I was like, all right, setting a call time with you tomorrow. Yes. get Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Then we get to hear the story soon. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say something about how you went to a, a space, space ocean. That's really cool too. I mean, maybe, I don't maybe. know. She hasn't told me yet. Speaking of space, did anyone else watch the SpaceX launch? Because Sabrina and I. <gasps> we did. We're tuned in for about 19 hours. And maybe cried. There were a lot of tears. There was a lot of joy. A lot of texts back and forth. It's so cool. And they're just in space. And they brought Tremor, the dinosaur. The sequin dinosaur. The second that they launched, so when they went up, when they launched, and Doug and Bob were starting to, like, the gravity was changing, they kind of let the dinosaur float around a little bit. And Corinne Mm -hmm. immediately goes, I need to know more about this dinosaur. What's its story? And... I watched the interview with Bob and Doug while they were aboard. They were like did a tour of the dragon and they said that they both have sons. So they picked out all the dinosaur toys of their sons and had the two boys vote on their favorite and Tremor, who's like a glittery dinosaur one. I love it. You know, forget Tesla, forget NASA, forget all of the different nations coming together and creating space exploration and all of this technology. No, here's the hot take. The most glorious thing to happen in space is this sequin dinosaur <laughs> named Tremor. Tremor. So, so cute. cute. We loved watching it. It was so It was so cool. such a delight and a, and a historic moment. Yes, it was. And I can't remember which of the astronauts it was, but one of them I think bumped his head going in and I felt so bad because <laughs> he kept touching his head. I was like, oh no, how do people bleed in space? And then I, now I need to look that up. You also wanted to know if they peed or passed out upon launch. Well, yes, that because of course, like, what do you, how do you, how do you take care of your situation if you pee or vomit on yourself in space and then it's all up on you? And then what are you going to do? Well, okay. I don't know if this is going to have the answers that you want, but one, someone in my book club recommended this book called Endurance by Scott Kelly. Oh, I love Scott Kelly. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. He's the astronaut that spent, I don't know how long in space, but he has an identical twin who is also an astronaut and they're studying the differences of like how much time. Yeah. I think he spent it over a full year because it was like, what does a year in space do to your body? So they're studying identical twins. He came back like two inches taller than he left or something like that because his spine had just stretched out from lack of gravitational pull. So he has a book called Endurance and it's about the year in space. So I'm writing this down. It's great. Well, I haven't started it, but I already know it's great (laughs) because it's space. You just know it is. Okay. This one is called Nicaragua Spooks from Adriana. Hi, Sabrina and Corinne. I wanted to start off this email by saying your podcast just keeps getting better and better. Well, thank you. And she sent this in 2018, so I hope that we progressed even more. I hope you still listen. Hopefully. I wrote a story to you guys back in April about an experience at my super haunted university. I promised I would write back with some stories that my family members experienced back when they lived in Nicaragua. I'm not sure if you guys are too familiar with Latin America and its spooky side, but we have some of the scariest legends and ghost stories. You guys should definitely dedicate an episode to it. Love it. Will do. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Now, as for the stories, there are just too many... 
So I'll just share two of the most impactful ones that my family has shared. The first one is a story that my aunt, who is very much in tune with paranormal and is 1000% some type of psychic. I have so many of her crazy prediction dream experiences that I would be happy to share, but it takes too long to type out. And one of them is actually so crazy. I'm still shook about it to this day. And if I figure out how to email voice recordings, I'll shoot them over your way if you're interested. What the heck? You can't lead into this and then not give us the full story. Yeah. Okay. We're going to follow up for sure. All right. We need more. Okay. So the first story is about my aunt. Anyways, my aunt, as a young girl, struggled a lot with her health. She contracted polio, and this, of course, affected her walking. She currently has a brace to help her walk, but when you're from Nicaragua and it's the 70s and you're a not-so-wealthy family, she didn't really have that type of aid to help her walk, so she unfortunately relied on others carrying her around. She struggled walking short distances, and she crawled if she needed to go longer distances, and there was no one there to help her. So the houses in Nicaragua, at least back in the day, were built so that the bathrooms were outside in small rooms made of stone walls in the backyards. My family's house was no different. Their bathroom was located in the backyard, and they unfortunately had to share their yard and bathroom with their next-door neighbors. It was a quiet evening, and the barrio, neighborhood, tended to hang outside on their porches with family and friends on the weekends. My family was no different, and they had some family members over as well. My aunt had to go to the bathroom very badly and she couldn't get anyone to help her to the yard as they were all distracted. So she made her way into the house and struggled to get to the back door and into the backyard. When she finally made it to the backyard though, she froze in her tracks. Her blood froze when her eyes fell upon the back of a young woman. She couldn't see her face as her back was to my aunt, but my aunt noticed that she was soaking wet. Oh. Her clothes sticking to her. Her long black hair was dripping water onto the pavement. The skin on her arms and legs were an unnatural shade of white. And this unidentified figure was leaning onto the wall of where the bathroom was located. My aunt thought that it must have been a stranger breaking in through somewhere as she did not seem familiar and the neighbors they shared the yard with were out front with the rest of the neighbors. She did finally muster up enough courage to call out to her. The first few times, the woman made no movement. The last time my aunt called to her, She finally turned around, and what my aunt saw still haunts her to this day. Oh no! When the woman finally turned around, my aunt was horrified to see the face of what was clearly someone who was not alive. (sighs) The unidentified woman's face was an unnatural shade of white, her mouth gaping open as if she was struggling for breath, though no sound escaped her. Where her eyes should have been, there was nothing but pitch blackness. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. My aunt dropped to her knees in shock and wasted no time screaming for help. As she crawled back to the house to make it back to the front porch, when she got back to the porch, everyone had cut the music as they heard her screaming and asked her what had happened. When she relayed the story, most of the family told her to calm down, that it must have been her imagination. When she was older and talked about it again, They said that they'd only told her that in order not to scare her. My other aunts had also witnessed (gasps) this strange activity out in the yard. On the same night? No, I'm sure probably like throughout their time there. All the time? Oh. I don't know. (gasps) It's like La Llorona meets um, Samara. Samara? Yeah. That's so discouraging of drinking water before you go to bed, you know, because... The last thing you want to do is venture out in the middle of the night to go pee in the bathroom in the backyard. I'm a big middle night of middle of the night peer. So terrifying. Could not imagine. Yeah. You'd have to stop drinking liquid at like 3 p.m. Oh gosh. 
No one ever really knew who this girl was, though, and I theorize that it may have been a passing spirit. My aunt tells me that she's lost count of how many neighborhood children and friends of hers have passed away from drowning in Nicaragua because of how common it is to go swimming for fun over there. I think that because she's so sensitive to spirits, she was able to see the girl. Ooh, whoa. That does remind me of La Llorona, which you had just mentioned, just because she is a spirit in Latin America that goes and steals children. Right. And it, and it's the legend of the Llorona is that she drowned her children in a lake and is now looking for others. What if it was La Llorona that she saw? I mean, it's possible, but it yeah, the fact that like all of her... Sorry, you have more to read. We can discuss more in a minute. Okay. We, we forgot our format. We forgot. Whoops. We're back in 2018 all over again. We're Too we just interrupt and have no <laughs> no format at all. Okay. The second story is much shorter and happened to my older sister as a young girl living in Nicaragua. My family had gotten the news that one of my aunts, a sister on my father's side, had passed away. That very night, my sister was in the bath and my mother told her to stay there and to wait as she went to go get a towel. My sister tells me that this aunt that had passed away always loved her hair. Her whole life, my sister had long, long curls and this aunt was very fond of brushing her hair. Mm. So there my sister is in the tub waiting for my mom to come back with a towel and finish washing her up when she feels someone come up behind her. And this person grabs the soap and begins to run their fingers through my sister's scalp, washing her curls. Oh. My sister assumed it was my mother, so she continues playing with her toy. But then all of a sudden, she's terrified when she hears in the clear voice of my aunt, who is dead, say, tilt your head back. (sighs) My sister turned around and saw no one there. Not a moment later, she got up from the tub and she ran out. Oh my gosh. Well, these are two of my thousand stories that I have to share, and I hope you guys enjoyed reading them. Feel free to reach out if you'd like to hear more. Yes. See you on the other side. Adriana. Okay, that last story is least very sweet. So sweet. Oh my gosh. And it makes me wonder, like, if she hadn't turned around, how much longer her aunt would have been there. Yeah. Like, massaging her head. That's the best encounter. Someone you love coming and giving you a head massage. Any massage. Sounds great. Yeah, nice little a back massage. The reason I'm laying down on my bed today is because I pulled a muscle in my workout today and my back hurts greatly. So if any of my relatives want to give me a back massage, please. Got to get up in the bath, but maybe where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How do ghosts feel about nudity? I don't know. I feel a little strange about it. <laughs> <laughs> if any of us, if either, if it was between the two of us to join a nudist, call on you. Yeah, no. I know that it would be me. Oh, 1000%. Yeah. That's like the last thing I'd ever do. There's, yeah. I have a small amount of shame, but not enough. You'd thrive there. I would. I'd get nice and tan, (laughs) but wild. Like such a beautiful story to end on. But the very first one with this girl dripping in the backyard, I just, and it makes me wonder, what did the neighbors see? Like if, if she's talking about all of her aunts and her relatives being like, oh, we were just protecting you because, or her aunt. Mm-hmm. her aunt's aunts or whatever they were protecting her because she was younger and didn't want to spook her and especially because she couldn't exactly get around very quickly like i'm sure it would be even more terrifying to be somewhat immobile and not have that speed on your side in situations like this even though most of us just freeze in place anyway right we're not running um <gasps> oh sorry what Nothing. do you see it your reflection not- in a mirror <laughs> i scared myself <laughs> i have a a jute rug on my floor 
and you know jute rugs like they they have like little poles in them and, mm-hmm. and stuff they're natural fiber and there's a little i don't know why it spooked me i thought there was a spider but it was just a pulled up jute that rug. makes anyway. sense that it would scare you yeah <laughs> i've returned to the scene of the spider Did you? incident yeah you've battled through your i'm no spital sp- spital invasion <laughs> my spital spider. i'm very uh aware of where i am right now and i'm constantly looking in the camera Ugh. to see okay but i have a story great this is from Allie, and she says hey girls i'm a new listener and i am currently listening to episode two and i wanted to share a story so a couple years ago i was working at a daycare in the toddler room we had ages two to three in that particular room and a little girl who all call Susie was friends with a ghost. She called this ghost by the name Livy and would bring her to daycare with her. She would share her snacks and toys and truly talk to Livy like a real child. There would be times when Livy would make Susie mad and Susie would start to cry or cause a scene because of something her invisible friend had done. One instance in particular, Susie was red in the face with her arms pulled back behind her, almost like she had handcuffs on. And Susie was crying and shouting, saying that Livy wouldn't let her go. Finally, she got her arms free and went down for her nap. All the daycare staff were totally freaked out and were even more freaked out when the mom would come in to drop off Susie and would also talk about strange things that happened at home. She once showed us a video of Susie singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and all of a sudden a bright light appears on Susie and gets brighter and brighter and then disappears. Her mom was convinced that they had a ghost friend. Another time, I was waiting for everyone to get picked up. Susie was drawing as she normally would. When her mom showed up to take her home, she picked up Susie's drawing to tell her how pretty it was. It was just a bunch of scribbles from what I could see. When all of a sudden, I saw the mom's face change. She looked at me, and then she showed me the paper. Right in the corner, in perfect handwriting, was the word boo. B-O-O. I'm telling you, I got full body chills. Susie was only three, and if she could write, it would look nothing like the letters that were on her paper. So fast forward a couple of weeks later, we're waiting for Susie to be picked up. 5.30 comes, then 6 p.m., which is closing time. And at 6.15, my boss told me to go home and that she would stay with Susie until her mom came. Susie's dad was seldom around, not because he wasn't involved, but because he worked away from home. The next morning, I went to work not thinking about Susie or her mom at all, when a coworker told me that Susie's mom never came to get her because, unfortunately, she was found with a bullet hole in her head and it got next to her on the floor. Oh my God. Her mom could have and was possibly going through a depressive state, but I know one thing, she loved that little girl. Everyone was so upset and it was the most horrible, tragic funeral I had ever had to attend. Susie would ask me to draw her and her mom after that and she would insist on her mom having wings because she was in heaven. Hearing a three-year-old say that is absolutely heartbreaking. I don't know what happened, but I hope both Susie and her mom have peace. I, I'll adopt Susie. I know. Where is she? Oh my gosh. You know what? Okay, I'm glad that I thought this earlier on in your telling of the story, but when Susie's mom was talking about the bright light appearing over Susie, I immediately thought like, oh, this is a good and protective spirit. Mm-hmm. Because the bright light, it's oftentimes associated with like guardian angels or when people have really bright auras, it's like this tune into their spirituality that's beyond comprehensible and like just this amazing energy that's pulsing through them. And it kind of made me think that Susie had this sort of protective force and this extra love coming towards her from 
somewhere. And so whether that be from the other girl that's seemingly playing with her and sometimes plays a little too rough, or if there's another spirit that accompanies this little girl in playing with Susie, or if Susie just has a ton of spirits around her and is, like I said before, just there's something about her maybe that is just all-knowing at such a young age. Yeah, I mean, it very much could be a guardian angel that's still like a child, you know? Like, I think Mm -hmm. guardians come in all ages, shapes, forms, and there's no, like, one mold that it has to fit into. And I think... Like, just because, you know, kids play rough with each other sometimes, like the her hands pull, being pulled back. But, like, otherwise, Susie was sharing her stacks and, like, they drew together. And the fact that Livy drew Boo is kind of, I mean, kind of hilarious as a ghost to be like, I'm a ghost and I'm going to write Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of childlike, too, a little bit. Yeah. Like, boo. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I never really thought about that, about guardian angels potentially taking whatever form they need to that's right for the person that they're with. You know, like for Livy, she needed maybe another little kid to play with and someone who would be like a sister to her. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I really hope Livy's okay. You mean Susie? Susie and Livy. (laughs) Where's Livy at? I know. So sad to lose her mom that way. And, And at such a young age... But also, like, the awareness of my mom's in heaven, I want her to have wings, is so sweet. Heartbreak. Yeah. Okay. Vias is from Steph, and it's titled, Ladies, I Am Shooketh. Well, I feel like I'm about to be as well. (laughs) Hey, ladies. This is not how I wanted my first time writing you to go at all, but here we are. It's currently 3.44 in the morning, and I'm not seeing myself going back to sleep anytime soon. Some weird shit just went down, and my first thought was, Oh, God, I have to email the girls about this. <laughs> Great job and congrats. <laughs> I uh, honestly am so honored. I know. I love it. <laughs> You're thinking about us at 3.30 a.m.? <laughs> Dream achieved. Dream achieved. A little backstory so what I'm telling you makes more sense. My boyfriend and I bought this house one year ago. Yay, adulting. And little things have been happening since day one. Finger streak on a fogged up mirror, lights being turned on and off, seeing shadows, hearing things move in other rooms, no big deal. I always chalked it up to being the tiny 89-year-old lady that we bought it from. She passed away in the middle of the buying process and we ended up dealing with her daughter in the end. Millie, the woman, has always made herself known to me and that's fine. She was a sweet lady in life and so she can hang. It's fine. (laughs) So for the past couple of months, me, my boyfriend, and our daughter have been sleeping in our living room and on two recliners and a loveseat for medical slash safety reasons. My girl was diagnosed with severe mental illness early this year, so it's been tough to say the least. I'm constantly on high alert, so it's not unusual at all for me to suddenly spring awake at any hour during the night. But tonight was different. When I woke up, I grabbed my phone to see what time it was, and it said three. Not weird for me. All of a sudden, I heard what sounded like someone frantically digging around in a box of stuff in my kitchen, which was behind me, the living room slash dining room slash kitchen, all open into each other. Now, I don't have a box of shit just randomly sitting in my kitchen, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And of course, I was frozen in fear in my chair, so I was really being a good protector to my family. (laughs) Along with the rummaging sound, it almost sounded like someone was pissed off and mumbling to themselves. The sound finally stopped and I heard quick footsteps going through the kitchen. I looked to my right, my daughter's passed out. I looked to my left, and there's my sleeping knight in shining armor. 
<laughs> I immediately know that it's my 22-pound, 13-year-old tuxedo cat, Kitty. Yeah, you can praise my creativity later. 22 pound? 22 pounds. Love that. I listened to her little toe beans that across the tile floor and come near to me. When they stopped, I was confused that she wasn't walking past me because a 22-pound cat can make her heavy-ass presence known. <laughs> then my heart stopped. I looked to the corner of the room and Kitty was curled up on the rocking chair fast asleep. I heard slash felt a huff of air in my left ear. I'm deaf in my right. Like when you find something funny, but not enough to actually laugh. So you just kind of exhale and smile. I flipped on all of the lights, went to the bathroom, came back, flipped them off, grabbed my fur baby, turned on the TV and immediately started emailing you girls. <laughs> now Kitty is laying on the arm of my chair, staring into the kitchen with giant eyes while I email you and ignore her with Bojack Horseman playing in the background. Plus, I keep hearing more footsteps in the kitchen, but I am ignoring those too. Sorry, this turned out much longer than I had originally intended, but a spooked bitch has got a lot to say. I'll email at a later date with my other stories, but I was compelled to write you tonight. Keep being queens and thank you for all you do. See you on the other side, Steph. Uh, Steph, you kind of left us hanging here. I feel like she emailed us in the middle of the night and then we have no idea what happened in the morning. But uh, yes, at the same time, though, I so appreciate the like real time live stream yes. sort of style. That's true. It's like it feels like Twitter a little bit. It does. You know what I should have done is I probably should have looked at her email to see if she sent a follow up. Ooh, please do. I will do that as we discuss. But how crazy. Like, to okay, she didn't send a follow up. <laughs> this, is this is it. Okay, um, it feels like the, whatever it was was almost laughing at the fact that she thought it was her cat. Yes. Yeah, that's what's so weird. Just kind of like a, <laughs> like, oh, she's awake. She must be nervous and scared right now. Right. And it doesn't sound like it was Millie. No, it doesn't. Because, and also like, Millie was an 89-year-old woman who had lived there, presumably, for a very long time. And so I'm sure she didn't have boxes of crap just in the middle of her kitchen. I'm sure everything had its home and she knew where things were. And to have that sort of like rushed and frantic rummaging seems out of place for, I'm assuming, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but for someone like Millie. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It seems like you got another ghost. Yeah, it does seem like that. Which makes me wonder. If the ghost came with the house or if it came with them or if it's just passing through. What if ghosts... Oh, what? What if it's a parallel universe <gasps> and it bled over for a minute and someone, maybe they themselves, their family is living in another parallel universe and they're still unpacking and rummaging through their stuff and can't find certain things that they need. And in that parallel universe, they emailed us about a person... They briefly saw on the couch. Um, we need to look for that email. <laughs> <laughs> we need it real quick. Astral project to another timeline. Get that email. Somehow bring it back with us. Or what if ghosts go on treasure hunts? Ugh. Like what if in the ghost world there's challenges and it's like, here's your map. And so like in the ghost world, they have to go to this one house and find this thing. And this I want to do that. Yeah. This one player ghost is like really leveled up and is rummaging and it's like, no, I got to win. I promise to you right now, Corinne, when we are ghosts together, if this does not exist, we will create it. Okay. Heck yes. Get ready, everybody. <laughs> it's going to be gonna so be fun. fun. 
It's going to be fun. <laughs> Can't Everybody. promise that I won't ice you in the p- journey because I love I, a good old Smirnoff ice oh, activity in a, in a team, team ice queen. Uh, and I'll, I'll be team toe beans. So random. What do you mean? <laughs> she was talking about her cat's little toe beans. Oh, oh. I was like, <laughs> since when is that something that you love? You'll be team Bigfoot. Team Bigfoot. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> You know, I think about you and Bigfoot often. And the other day I was like, just doing like a mundane task, probably like folding laundry or something. And I was just like, Corinne can do so much better as if it was like a real possibility. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting frustrated. Like, why is she making these choices in life? (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. I saw a meme. We'll have to repost it sometime soon, but... Someone shared on our Facebook group a meme that was Bigfoot confused in the garden, like clipping things. And it was like Bigfoot when all the humans returned to the streets thinking that humans were extinct. And it's like, oh. Ah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Find it. Thank so you. Okay. I have a story. Okay. This is from Erin and it's called Spooky Scary Ghost Babies. Hey, y'all. I'm so glad I found your podcast via my pal, Emily even if I haven't slept a single night since, lol. Y'all are so genuine and fun, and it's refreshing to find a community of believers. So to start, my sister and I have both always been spirit sensitive. Once a friend of the family who practices magic and stuff said that it's likely that someone in our family history was a seer and that that gift was passed down to my sister and I. We think it's true, and we once found our great-grandmother's Bible, and it was filled with margin notes like, read this to stop the flow of the blood, etc. But who knows? Like most people, I have more than one experience. That friend of the family said, some people are lightning rods for spirits, and so spirits know they can contact you, and then you're just someone that doesn't get left alone. On to the first story that stood out to me as something I could not rationalize. When I was 18, I was living in Switzerland. The cool place to hang out was a monastery over our dorm. It's at the very top of a hill, complete with graveyards. It's beautiful and has a great view. One night, my roommate and I went up to the monastery late at night with two boys to get into some tomfoolery, and everyone was drinking and a little tipsy, myself being the exception because I'm the very mom-like friend, and we were up there in the monastery and walking around the graveyard, and since I'm superstitious, I was doing my best to keep people from stepping on the gravestones as I think it's disrespectful and bad luck. However, at one point, I turn around and all three of them were standing on a tombstone. I was horrified and rushed them off of it, and eventually we went back down the hill. For some reason, that moment stayed with me. The next night, I dragged my roomie back up the hill with me to place flowers on the grave that they had been standing on as an apology. And on our way up the hill, we saw a ton of frogs. This set off warning bells for me because I've always heard frogs were a kind of symbol of the afterlife or a place between worlds. Before we went to the grave, we stopped to look at the view, and as we were sitting there chatting, close to midnight, we heard the laugh of a little girl. No one else was around us. Every child in the town was in bed. Terrified, we crossed the whole monastery grounds to look at the view from the opposite side of this big hilltop, and after a minute, the same laugh, still near us. We were horrified. However, I thought this meant more than ever that we needed to pay our respects to whoever's grave we had disturbed. So I walked us back to the grave, and sure enough, it belonged to a four-year-old girl. We had no idea the night before who it belonged to, 
so the laughs didn't make much sense until I had seen it. I placed the flowers on her grave and made a note of the inscription on the tombstone. When we got back to our place down the hill, we were giving our third roommate the rundown. I mentioned I had the chance to read the grave and told her there was an inscription on it that said, where there is much love, there is much pain. And as soon as I said these words out loud, all the doors and windows of our apartment blew in. Ooh! It was a calm night, and worst of all, our house was like shotgun style, so there were doors on either end of the house that all opened inwards, so it was not possible for wind to have blown them in like that, and in two separate directions. That night, nobody slept because the doors and windows would not stay closed. They kept slamming. We would take shifts getting up and closing the doors, only for them to slam open again. A few nights later, our dumbass roommates tried a Ouija board for Halloween, even though we told them not to. When we got back from a party that night, we asked them if they had any success, and they said yes. We asked for more details, and they said they had talked to, you guessed it, a four-year-old girl. We had never told them a word about our graveyard experience. Luckily for us, after they pulled the little girl's spirit to the room, we never had another problem. But we're not sure if they did. My next significant story was just a few months ago. I was babysitting for a new family, and both the regular sitter and the parents told me that the baby always sleeps through the night without an issue. The baby is only 10 months, so we had fun cuddling, and then I put him to sleep in his room in the basement, which I already hated it. After about an hour, I think I hear the baby crying in his room. So I walk quietly down the stairs and into the hallway and press my ear against the door to see if the baby will self-soothe. But I'm puzzled almost immediately because it sounds like someone's walking around the room and rocking in the chair, moving, etc. I'm trying to process this information in my head and figure out any possible answer when I heard clear as day someone comforting the baby, saying, shh, 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 clear as day. So much so that I run into the parent's room, grab a heavy toy, turn on the hall lights, throw open the door, ready to defend the baby against a burglar. And that's what might be the scariest to me, that it was absolutely clear what the sound was, that I did not for a single second suspect a ghost. I thought maybe someone had broken in from a skylight, that the mom had snuck in through the back door, or anything that could explain why someone was in the room and talking to the baby. But when I opened the door to the baby's room, there was no one there. And that's when I started to freak out about it being a spirit. I grabbed the baby and checked in the closet, checked under the bed, etc., still searching for a person because I was terrified. What comforted me was that one, that whatever spirit was there was probably trying to help. And two, the family dog, when I opened the door to grab the baby, ran right in and curled up on the floor like it was familiar with whatever presence was there and was not afraid of it. So then I had to sit in the pitch black haunted room and rock the baby back to sleep while softly singing lullabies, worried that if I sang the wrong note that the ghost might boo me or something scary. After that, the baby woke up every frickin' 30 minutes. I called a friend who deals with spirits, and she told me that kids are really sensitive to the spirit presence, and that even if the spirit is nice, it's probably keeping the baby awake just by being there. I was so scared to go back into the baby's room when it cried, but also didn't want this protective spirit to get mad at me for letting the baby cry, so I went in, went inside a second time, and this time, the baby's crib was rocking like crazy. But no one was pushing it. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> this is so scary. Even though it's supposed to be like kind of sweet, but it's I terrifying. Know. And I know this sounds nuts, but as I entered the room, I saw some wavy white lines slash lights rise up towards the ceiling. I didn't pay too much attention because I was trying to get the damn crib to stop rocking. 
Then the third time I went in, I was shaking from fear. I grabbed the baby up from his crib and I said out loud, I know that you're trying to help. Thank you for trying to help, but you are scaring me and keeping the baby awake. So please leave. After that, the baby slept the rest of the night without waking up. I asked the parents when they got home if they had ever felt any spirit in the house, and they said it was probably a raccoon and gave me a big tip. LOL. Anyways, thanks for providing a platform for people to share these crazy experiences. Y'all rule. Ghouls rule. Aaron. <laughs> it was probably a raccoon. Rocking your baby's crib? <laughs> Just going, shh, 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 baby, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. I'll give you trash. Shh. I'm just a raccoon. Oh my God. No. Well, if they gave her a big tip, maybe they were just like, don't worry about it, girl. And they're then, like, don't talk about this to anyone. You never saw anything. <laughs> That's so crazy. You know what? I thought about when you were talking about this final part of the, the baby in the crib is that a lot of spirits do actually respond well and listen to instructions and when asked to leave or stop doing the thing that's spooking others instead of getting defensive or instead of getting even worse and as demonic spirits do and feed upon the fear people are just like oh oops i'm sorry and they back out i was trying to help but you're right i'm sorry and i'm glad that this happened in this situation and so it's one thing to you know be a terrified babysitter who just witnessed paranormal activity but it's a whole nother thing if the crib just keeps unrocking all night and you're just standing there with someone else's child in your hands being like, I don't get paid enough. It reminds me, especially like the, um, the, it reminds me of when a stranger calls the part where she's standing outside the door and she's listening. Cause it's like, you would be terrified that it's a person. Like that is what your first instinct is. And how scary for her. She's like, I'm going to have to go beat up a burglar or someone who's trying to steal a baby. I know. And then your mind has to shift so drastically when you open the door and no one's there. It's already scary enough to be in someone else's home because it doesn't matter if these are your best family friends and you've been over. If you don't live there, if you haven't spent your days and nights moving around this space, in the event that something does happen, you're not going to be comfortable enough or feel comfortable enough to like appropriately move through the space and right. confidently move through the space. So. Oh my gosh, I would just be absolutely terrified. Like, where do you go? Where are like the hidden doors? Where's the laundry room? Mm-mm. Right. Where's the secret room that I'm going to eventually build in my house? Exactly. Uh, and then that first experience of the little girl and then all their doors flying open all night. And when you were talking about the frogs, I know that it, it it's not paranormal. The frogs go off every night. It's mating season for them right now. But when you were talking about it, I started to actually notice the frogs here in the background (laughs) in Vermont. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, did they just start? (laughs) Because they're usually so ingrained in the background that you don't really listen. But that would be freaky. Yeah, that's usually just white noise after like 6 p.m. Scary nature, though. This I saved for last and I already read out loud to both of my parents because I like it. Okay, can't wait. I believe it's pronounced Kelly. It's an... A spelling I've never seen before, but so I'm sorry, Kelly, if I'm saying your name incorrectly, but this is called Christmas in August. Hey ladies, I love the podcast. I've been listening since the beginning when you guys followed me on Instagram. I'm a little behind now in trying to catch up, but after listening to some of the most recent encounters episodes, I decided to write in. My story takes place 10 years ago and doesn't directly involve me, but I think you'll enjoy it anyway. 
It's one of those few small stories that I have about my uncle, and I'll have to write in more sometime about some of the weird things in my family. But anyway, my uncle passed away from a heart attack about 10 years ago in July of 2008. That August, his partner had a dream in which my uncle walked into the bedroom, looked at him, and said, Merry Christmas. And his partner thought this was a weird dream, especially since it's the middle of summer. But he didn't think much else of it. Later that day, he went to the store to buy scratch tickets. He and my uncle used to buy scratch tickets often and happened to notice that this store had some Christmas tickets already out. Again, weird because it was summer. Remembering the dream about my uncle, he decided to buy one of the Christmas tickets. And I'm not sure exactly how much he won on that ticket, but I know it was one of the big prizes that you can get from a scratch ticket. So stay spooky and always accept lottery tips from spirits. Kelly. Oh, this is your dream. I know. I read it to my parents and I was like, why don't any of our (laughs) ghosts and spirits and relatives give us tips? Oh my gosh. How amazing. And so simple. So simple. And I was just like picturing how her uncle must have felt in the joy and kind of like the I don't know, like just the the feeling he must have had when he walked in and thought he was so clever, like <laughs> Merry Christmas. Like that was his one message and probably was so proud of himself for doing yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So cool. I love the show My Lottery Dream House or My Lottery Dream Home, but we need one that is about ghosts helping you win the lottery. Yes. Um I would I wonder if there's more about that. Let's do a little research. Should we pitch ourselves to television to to help find these people yeah. and tell their stories i want to tell their stories right okay so fun let's work on it <laughs> <laughs> okay i have a story this is from jess it's two stories about her birth the mom's spirit and perfume my name is jessica i'm 23 years old i've been listening to your podcast for a while now and absolutely love it when i was seven my birth mother died and her sister decided to take care of me and my twin and my younger sister. Back in 2018, I worked in Yosemite National Park for about three months for a summer position, and I picked up a nasty habit of smoking cigarettes and have now been able to kick the habit completely. But while I was in the park, I had to sleep in a tent and share it with two other girls, which was fine. I'm used to doing that from my college days. And I remember when I first started smoking that one of the girls at the time could actually see spirits and told me that every time I lit a cigarette that she could see the shape of a woman behind me. Like this woman was watching over me. About a month or so passed after this and my now mom was helping me pack up my room since the summer position was over and she all of a sudden got a whiff of a smell of a strong perfume in the room. One of my roommates was in the tent at the time and my mom asked if the smell of the perfume was hers. My roommate looked at her oddly and said, I never wear perfume, but whenever your daughter enters the room, the scent follows her not long after. My mom tested this theory out and when I came to get the last of my things from the tent, She burst into tears right on my bed. I asked her what was wrong, and she told me that every time I entered and exited the room, she could smell my birth mom's perfume in the room. She looked at me and said, your mother, my sister, was protecting you the entire time you were here. I was shocked and started crying myself. My mom pulled me in close for a hug and whispered into my ear, saying, Lucille, which is my mother's name, if you're here, give us a sign. When my mom pulled away a minute later, my mom's bottle of perfume was then sitting on my bed. My mom has never been one to believe in ghosts, but she tells me that that was the only time she has ever spoken to a ghost and someone who has passed on to the other realm. My second story is one that I thought might touch your heart, 
or scare you, but that's for you to decide. About two months ago, I headed out to rehab, which was a good choice. And as I walked in, I felt weird, which I guess everyone does because hello, rehab. After I had been there for about three weeks in the residential part, I was up in my room going through some old photos when my case manager walked in. She joined me on my bed and I started pointing out family members and she paused at one picture and asked me who that was. I told her it was my birth mom who had passed away when I was seven and she went pale and just stared at me. And I asked her what was wrong, and she told me that she had seen my birth mother around the property. I thought she was joking when she asked me if she ever wore Ralph Lauren's glamorous perfume. I looked at her and started crying, because that perfume had been discontinued since the 2000s, and I thought it was just me who had been smelling it everywhere. Once I had stopped crying, I asked her where she had seen her, and she answered me with tears in her eyes, and said that when she came to wake me up in the mornings, nine times out of ten, she was cuddling with me in bed. Sorry for such a long email. I hope you ladies enjoyed reading it and hope it makes it on the next episode. Stay spooky. Keep up the good work and see you on the other side. All my scares, Jessica. Oh my gosh. Nine times out of 10. Her mom was cuddling her. Her birth mom was cuddling her. Mm-hmm. That just, oh. I know. It breaks my heart and warms it at the same time. Her birth mom's like just always with her. And when she did the summer job at Yosemite, just like when she picked up smoking, her mom was kind of watching over her. Every time she walked into or out of the room, the smell followed. Yeah. It makes me also curious about how much energy her mom has, or if she's somehow like so incredibly tethered and connected to her daughter's spirit that she's able to present herself Mm -hmm. so often. Or if the people around her are just like super extra sensitive and and maybe other people can do this and we just don't know it. It also seems like she might be her guardian. So again, like we were talking about earlier, I feel like there's just different rules with guardians versus just regular spirits. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. But it's beautiful and so sweet and special to know that her birth mom's always with her. That's so wild. And like to have such a supportive system as well that acknowledges that and not only acknowledges her birth her birth mother and the love that her birth mother obviously had for her, but also just recognizes spirits and is willing and able to talk about it and appreciate it. Well, everybody, if you have ghost stories, if you have photos, if you have videos, videos, (laughs) Sabrina will watch the videos and I will (laughs) cower in the corner and she'll describe them to me. Um, Please email them to us. Our email is two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. If you guys want to support our podcast, There are many ways to do it. You can buy merch. You can support us on Patreon. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. And you can tell all your friends about us. Any of those ways mean a lot to us. And we also need to say thank you to Max. Max has been editing our episodes. He works for Upfire Digital. He's been working so hard over the past like six months especially. And if you guys saw what we gave him as a rough draft, you would be absolutely horrified. Especially this episode. This oh, one was man. rough. This guy, he just has a lot of patience <laughs> and shocked he doesn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've had enough of those two girls and their ghost. Oh my gosh. And he's been like turning episodes around so quickly and we'll, we'll send things last second. Like, oh, can you add this? And it's added instantly. And like, I don't want him to be working as hard as he is. I want him to take a break. But like, also at the same time, 
bless you, Max, for the work that you're doing for our podcast. Honestly, we so appreciate you. He reminds me of the Wizard of Oz because he's just like this magical man behind a curtain almost, you know? Like yeah. he's just so magical. You do great. We are so grateful. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you Max. Max. Thank you, Eric Foster and everyone at Upfire Digital. We're so appreciative of all your help and your work editing our podcast. And we will see you on the other side. Very smooth.